Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Poucher, the COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we're joined by Rosa Fagan, head of security at Vistaprint, a Simpris company providing marketing products and solutions. In this episode, we'll be discussing how to clear the clutter of security products, invest in the right security product for your organization. Rosa, thanks for joining and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kevin. Thank you. Very happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So before we sort of get into the topic at hand, um, in case folks aren't too familiar with you and your background, you've been at your current role for over two years now, um, heading up all of information security. So take a, a step back to when you first started and talk a little bit about how your security strategy started and sort of how it took shape, right? What were the priorities when you first started and have those priorities changed? Sure. Yes, of course. Um, you know, every time when I join a new company, um, and that's not the first time I joined a new company, the first step for me is to understand the lay of the land and uh, where the biggest risks are and um, what is it that we need to focus uh, to get the, the biggest value. Um, so, and it usually takes some time, obviously. It's not something that can be discovered within a week or two. It it takes a few months. Um, and that's exactly what I've done after I joined Vista. In addition to that, uh, the company, as many companies right now, go through like evolutionary transformation process, right, for many different reasons. And that's exactly what was happening with Vista. And, and we still continue to evolve. Uh, but um, to give like more uh, precise answer at the time, um, I identified that like, there are first two, two things that uh, would be the biggest value, and it's like among the fundamentals um, in the area of SSDLC. Uh, there were some services in place, but uh, there was definitely a, um, an opportunity to do a little bit more uh, to make a software that was deployed into production um, uh, somewhat more resilient and create visibility where there are uh, potentially vulnerabilities. And so when I say SSDLC, um, it's um, all essentially the, the, the other way of uh, saying, talk about that is DevSecOps because we develop right now in a very fast pace and obviously it's no longer waterfall. So we needed to make sure that everything is integrated uh, with the development processes and um, actionable information is delivered to developers as soon as possible. So with that, uh, we went out and, and uh, evaluated a few vendors, um, brought uh, one of the solutions in uh, kind of uh, in place, and that's where we uh, matured um, during the last few years significantly. It's not to say that there is still not a lot to do, but we definitely made a lot of progress there. Well, speaking of vendors, so... There's 3,500 security technology companies as of the end of 2021, which was the year marked the largest influx of VC money ever into the cyberspace. And so as you can imagine, the clutter of products is greater than before. So you personally, when it comes to clearing the clutter in deciding on the right investment for the organization, 
So where do you even start, right? What methodology, what methodologies do you use, right? What's the first question you ask yourself? And then I guess when I use the term right investment, was what, what does it even mean to, to, to make sure you, you buy the right investment for the organization? That's right. So continue building up on, on the link, my answer for the first question. Um, the, the way to identify um, the right solutions uh, that I use is um, starting from assessment, right? So like, if in my assessment, we have essentially discovered that the biggest value would be to focus on the solution that would enable developers to identify vulnerabilities while they develop and um, deploy their applications, then the second question, um, who is who is the right solution, right? And there are usually different types of vendors who provide similar types of solutions. Um, and, and, you know, in... The way that I like to go about that is to think about the process, right? So w- what is the right process for us to implement? And it's not just about the tool, usually the tool is just part of the problem, but it's like the entire process, how can it integrate uh, that type of solution into the process and accommodate it end to end? And part of that is obviously visibility uh, for those who need to action on those vulnerabilities that I discovered how can we make sure that it doesn't slow down the development and the business? Um, and so a little bit of evaluation that the POC that obviously need to go into that because it's very difficult to make a decision just uh, based on the demo of what vendors are going to basically show during this initial discussion. So, but that's when we know exactly like what it is that we need to focus on, which I said as a DLC. I think your question might have had a little bit greater scale as well. Is that like how do you identify what areas do we need to focus on? And for that, we use different types of assessments, and um, it also goes like what are the best practices out there? There is obviously like frameworks like NIST-CSF, for example. Uh, which gives uh, OCIS twenty right, which gives some kind of good baseline on how to assess the organization from the level of maturity, and basically there is also part of that is there is a business context that goes into this because you know every organization is different and all I would say um, more like like risk appetite and the type of organization of say financial uh, versus um, advertisement companies is slightly different. Um, so taking into account the business context and this kind of assessment from the maturity perspective, what is most important for the company? Um, and those kind of decisions, the best to be made, not in isolation by information security department or the team. It's, it's the best if the other stakeholders are included. And so that's kind of the strategy that I follow when I um, build my roadmap and kind of try to figure out so what's next. Now, do you use third parties to uh, do these type of assessments to uncover uh, risk areas of investment? I've done both. Um, in my experience, uh, um, probably like around maybe five, six years ago, I used third party for that. And um, it's actually, it was interesting. It was um kind of collaboration with uh, Department of Defense because at the time, NIST-CSF was something like still relatively new and they were offering um, kind of free services. It was uh, part of the 
cyber security budget and support of the critical infrastructure. And I was uh, this financial company at the time. And it was um, well, well, essentially um, some of the factors way to bring an outsider because I didn't want to make it look like it was my opinion. I wanted to detach from that as much as possible. And that was um, like something that I chose at that time. But right now we are doing it by ourselves in collaboration with those um, stakeholders uh, who actually own the technology uh, or the business processes, etc. which is also uh, like right now it's the best way to do it for us because one of the things that I'm driving at Vista is security culture, where I want to make sure that security is not done just by one uh, small team and it's impossible to scale, but essentially um, it becomes um, kind of a responsibility of, of everyone. And you're saying that every engineer is a security engineer, but it goes beyond technology, obviously. So um, Right now, for us, it makes more sense to actually do it by ourselves in mm-hmm. collaboration with these other stakeholders. Okay. So when, when you do identify uh, an area of risk or a specific space, like in your opinion, what, what space or what categories are the most cluttered within information security? That's, that's a very interesting question because I don't think it's, um, maybe it is possible to identify what's the most cluttered objectively, but I think mm-hmm. it is somewhat subjective experience depending on the, uh, the subjective opinion depending on the experience. Like if I, if I, I talk about that, then, um, I think in my experience, any area can be, can become cluttered because it's not just dependent on the space of, uh, particular, like, uh, like part of technology and the security area that vendor is trying to address, but it's also like the state of maturity and, and clarity within the enterprise. And mm. it's, it's very much connected. Um, and, um, in a few areas that, that I had experience. So, um, take like a secure software development or, you know, threat management and, what what we find there is that it's so important that again to think of the process and not just the tool and how maybe one tool or multiple tools can accommodate the um kind of solution that we need to have in place and to maybe to give you an example of like we are going to the cloud right now as many other companies and we use AWS cloud so in AWS I mean, the good thing there that uh, gives us a little bit more confidence there that the tools that they provide are the tools that they actually use themselves, right? And so we kind of try to go with the steps uh, following the solutions architect from uh, um, like AWS, they provide the services there. But even then, if you don't have clarity of understanding how the process works, it can become very easy, very much cluttered because there are different tools even within AWS that deliver the same kind of, solve the same kind of problems. They have a lot of partners there that also solve the same kind of problems and in slightly different way. And then we kind of need to figure out, so how everything integrates and how do we make sure that there is no duplication there? Um, so it's it can be very cluttered. That makes perfect sense. So uh, in, in other words, from your perspective, uh, it depends on where you are in the journey, 
correct um, for a specific space, as well as what your expect expertise is in that that specific space. I'm also <laughs> hearing that what you're doing is you're making sure the organization has all the programmatic elements in place before you look at the technology, right? You're looking at people and process and you're looking at the technology to support that program. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, so interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much like having clarity in the vision. What is, how is, how is it do we, do we want to look like? Mm-hmm. And then thinking about, well, and so what kind of tools can solve these problems and, um, you know, and, and then how is it, how are they going to integrate to deliver, um, this a kind of more end to end solution? And it's, when I talk end to end, it's all, you know, sure. we need to think about this space, uh, from this, uh, kind of needs CSF pillars, right? Um, identify, uh, prevent, detect, respond, recover. So I have this poster in my office. It's a two foot by three foot large poster and the poster contains a list of all these 3000 plus organizations that i'm referring to today that contribute to the clutter and every so often i'll have um a startup company in my office and and they'll ask me sort of how to get mind share with with people like me but more importantly how to get mind share with with people like you and i hold up the poster and i said the mind share you're talking about every single company on this list is looking to get exactly what you're you're seeking and i think about you rosa right you're at a prominent company that everybody's heard of you must get a hundred emails in phone calls per day from this clutter of companies that have no idea what your needs are do you even engage with them do you spend a, a a certain percentage of time engaging what what's your strategy there Yes. Um, so it really depends. And you're right. I, I do have a lot of, um, like people, uh, from, um, different representatives from different uh, vendors, companies who are trying to either basically understand what our current environment looks like and to learn about what kind of challenges we have, or they're trying to sell like point solutions. And unfortunately, I need to be honest here. I, I can't, you know, so if I was responding to every one of them, then I probably wouldn't be doing anything else. <laughs> so, so I kind of have to ignore a lot of those and I feel bad for these people, but uh, it's just the reality of it. But from time to time, if I, I kind of look up the vendor and see what's the solution and I kind of match to like, where do we stand and do I really need something like this? So from time to time, I kind of opportunistically uh, just wanted to see what is it that they like the story that they can tell me. I usually start from the white paper, right? So mm-hmm. I ask, like, can you share with me something? And that's, that gives me a little bit more. Um, and then I know if I want to learn more or not. Okay. Uh, we, we also have like, um, of our relationships, right? So like, and, and this I, I like about that is that like, obviously, if you have trusted relationship, and, um, we kind of talk about the problems and then they can help us and say, well, those are the, like few vendors who probably provide the best solutions and then looking at those um, as supposed to kind of go and establish my own relationships with every uh, individual vendor. So that's uh, something that also help us. Okay. So third parties are helpful. How about peers? I'm, I'm sure you have a network of uh, security peers that you interact with. Uh, does that come into play when 
Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, the first question is always like, do you use something? What are you using? Right. And what kind of experience, um, you know, other companies have? Um, and then trying to like, go from there, learning from others. So obviously that's also an, an area. Um, but it's not always gives like enough information that sometimes I do not got the precise answer or the clean picture, big picture. You know, is that something that, uh, we still would like pursue and, and, and by the way, sometimes it's also interesting to see oh, there is a lot of entrepreneurship going on in the areas of, of security and just to see like what's new out there. I kind of like to follow this as well. And like to a degree, obviously where it's, it, it doesn't become the burden for me, but I'd like sure. to stay in the place and see like what's possible. Um, and what can we bring into our environment that can really, um, help and mature our like security capabilities essentially. Okay. So we have a large sort of network of uh, security executives and CISO similar to yourself. And when we pulled them with a question, I think this was about a year ago about clutter and existing security investments. um, The responses were that about 80% of their existing technology investments were not nearly fully operationalized. And I sort of see this pump the brakes mentality on looking at new investments and new technologies because there's so much out there and companies are hearing more and more from their board that, hey, you need to do a better job justifying all the money I've given you and all the tools that you've purchased over the past couple of years before you can come back and ask for more. Do you see that happening within your organization or with your peers, the constant justification or organizations needing to do a better job justifying their existing investments? Yeah, no, I think that's something that's been there for a while, obviously. And, um, you know, the companies where I was, that always, that is always the question to justify it. Don't think that there was, um, you know, um, companies that, uh, you know, Watch their budget. They don't want just to spend and provide these um, uh, budget for not understanding how is it going to bring the value. So, um, in in my past experience, when I was with Rock on Trust, that was exactly like that's the first time actually I had to do it, <laughs> and uh, I learned a lot from that. It's not a um, a very straight exercise because you really need to be able to explain it's like so what's the risk and how the risk is going to be will be minimized now if you bring this tool and what about that one which is which is better so you can have both choose one or the other and this kind of a decision well how do i choose um and so there are multiple ways of dealing with this and like one of the um uh basically option that exists out there and we've been using it at Vista as well. We use a fair risk analysis where we can basically talk about scenario-based solutions and saying like, well, if if you don't have this kind of control, if you don't have this kind of solution and the worst case scenario and how much potentially it can cost companies. So that helps to put it in a context that would be understood by um, not necessarily those that are very close to security mm-hmm. and, and business people. So that's something that we have been doing and going to continue as well. Um, but then, you know, there are also things like uh, regulation or requirements. And uh, if there is something that's in place, 
to uh, actually comply with those regulation requirements, which also always connects to security. That's something that might be easier to have a discussion about. Um, something else that helps is, um, which is not the best, but I think it's all, there is like the saying, never waste a crisis. But uh, if there is any kind of incident within the company and um, small or large, hopefully it's small, um, then it's something also that easier to justify and say, hey, look, if we don't want this to continue happening, we need to um, strengthen our controls and here are the tools that we're looking at. So that's mm-hmm. one part of that. But I think the other part of what he was saying is that, well, um, how do we make sure that the tools that we bring into the company, they're actually solutions, we actually use them uh, to the fullest um, and don't leave out some of those functionalities and and, and and this is like where we need to talk more about strategy, right? And uh, uh, continually assessing well what um, um, the tools and solution and mapping uh, the processes to solution to tools and functions, etc. I think I came across the uh, one kind of a mind mapping exercise there, where um, uh, basically every domain within cybersecurity was mapped to a specific process that like usually. Uh, runs uh, within the organization and then uh, kind of trying to map it to solutions. And then from there to see, like, do we have everything that we need and are we using it to the full degree or not? So my last question for you, Rosa, is more of an opinion question. So VC firms invested, I think it was 21 uh, billion dollars into our cybersecurity space over the last year. So, do you think security budgets are going to keep increasing year over year to satisfy all these 3,500 and growing organizations, or are we sort of in a, a bubble or a tipping point? So there are two parts to that. Um, I think, you know, one of the first things why, why this is uh, like those security uh, vendors that the number of solutions is growing and because there is still an opportunity, I guess there is still a need uh, and not everything that needs to be addressed in security is addressed. I think it's, it's like the other way around, right? We see um, all this zero day vulnerabilities and all the growing number of um, attacks and ransomware and there is this kind of talk about AI and how that's going to help uh, cybersecurity. So that's like why this is the, the greatest space is growing, continues, continues to grow. Uh, the other part of that is, well, like, well, obviously the budgets are limited. They're not unlimited. And, and the role of, uh, like cybersecurity, um, teams and, 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 and CISO as well is, kind of maybe slightly changing. It's not just about making sure that all the controls are in place, but it's more about also risk management, right? And so while we can't have uh, all the solutions, we have to make hard decisions. What is it that we should bring into our environment where we can mitigate the risks and and what is it that we can't and we kind of have to go with uh, that balanced approach essentially. Yes, because, um, you know, security is there to secure the business, but not secure the companies out of the business. 
Absolutely. That's, that's well said. And then that first part where you mentioned AI, boy, I, I know we're about out of time, but we could unpack that one. And I think you and I could have an entire separate podcast on the relevance of, of AI in our space. Um, but when, you know, why don't we save that for next time? I think, you know, we're about out of time. So Rosa, I really wanted to thank you for joining us. I know everybody will appreciate your insight in terms of clearing the clutter, building programs. And it sounds like you're really maturing the organization uh, in the right way. So uh, kudos to you. Thanks for joining in, in, in to our audience. As always, you can learn more about this episode or any of the CSO interviews I've done right on our website, klogicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Pleasure. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you so much. Uh, happy to be here. Very, very nice talking to you.